Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. back for another episode of Awkward Sex and the City. It is Wednesday. It is hump day or not. I don't know when you listen. It's, I don't know. I guess it's kind of presumptuous and you just assume that you listen on Wednesday. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Anywho, I'm really excited about this episode. I got to sit down remotely, obvi, with Kimberly De Niro who is a very hilarious comedian who I've had a comedy crush on for a long time. So I was super excited to get her on the pod. And we talk, we talk like all about everything that New Yorkers talk about. Um, Rent, mice in apartments, and red flags that we blatantly ignored um, in our past youth. Um, This was a fun walk down memory lane of just like dumb things that I allowed in relationships and, and, and Kim talks about um, her experiences as well. So I hope you love, I hope you enjoy. And Kim's show, Left Breast Comedy, is coming back to the Knitting Factor in Brooklyn on May 14th. Um, super fucking exciting. It's, I don't know how to explain it. It's just been really, it's been a cool energy watching all the venues and the shows open up again. And me too, like my show is May 7th at Littlefield. So again, I'm not sure if Kim's show has a live stream, but the Awkward Sex and City does have a live stream and you can go find on my socials and on Kimberly's socials for Left Breast Comedy Show. You can follow her at Kimberly DeNaro at um, D-I-N-A-R-O for TikTok. And then for Instagram, it's Kim Bird, K-I-M-B-E-R-R-D. And Twitter, K-I-M-B-E-R-D-I-N. All the socials. Go follow her on all the socials. Go find out more about her show coming May 14th. And enjoy the episode, guys. So what's up? How are you? I'm great. I'm just, you know, living the pandemic dream. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> living your best life. Yep. Um, your Instagram is amazing. I do love it. Thank you. <laughs> and we have we have a mutual friend, Mary, who I've been, I've told her that, like, I think you're amazing. I've, like, told her in the past. Oh, my God. Yeah, Mary, like, she really thrives on Instagram. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I can thrive as much. She's got the glamour shots. She's really, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I try. I try. No, but you're very funny. You've got very good takes for, um, I almost called it zoology, for zodiac signs. <laughs> zoology, yeah. <laughs> no, why? Oh, God, that's so embarrassing. Um, so... With COVID, living your best COVID life right now, what has this like past year kind of been like for you dating sex-wise, if there has been any? 
Um, well, I have, I've had a boyfriend who I've had for about five years now. So. Oh shit. I didn't know that. Why would I know that? I barely know you. No, that's funny because, um, people are always like, oh, I had no idea that you were in a relationship because your social media has zero evidence of him. And (laughs) sometimes I'll like post something where it's just like a picture of me and then like him, like vaguely in the background and be like, happy Valentine's day. (laughs) Oh my God. um, And everyone will be like, what? Like, is this a joke? (laughs) Um, yeah, I I don't put a lot of, uh, evidence of the romance out there mostly because he doesn't have any social media at all. So it feels weird. Like we're very one. I'm extremely online. He's never online. So it's Mm -hmm. that kind of dynamic. No, that's amazing. I love that. Because also I feel like the people that I know that are constantly posting about each other on social media, it's usually like, like there's something wrong. Like, like the poster, like, oh my God, I love him so much or I love her so much. Like every other day, it's like, cool, we get it. We we don't need to know. I agree. I think it is. There is something weird about it. Like the happier you are, I I do think the less you have to, you know, show everyone. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I think there are probably some happy couples that are also just always posting. I think there is like a limit though. Like the Venmo charges, the public Venmo charges with like all the heart (laughs) emojis. I can't take that. It's too much. Oh, yeah. I'm like, why is this public? I hate, yeah, I hate that Venmo allows us to like stock people's like Venmo charges because I have like stocked like X's Venmo charges before and I'm like, what am I doing? It's not even stocking what is though. It's like the algorithm just knows. It knows that, you know, you're in the contacts and it will show you these random people you're not even Venmo friends with. And I'm like, I did not need to know that this girl from high school <laughs> just charged someone else for $5 for a pizza. It's like, what is happening? God damn you, Venmo. So how did you guys meet? Um, so we met through, um, my friend, actually Mary's friend as well. <laughs> so, um, who worked at a cigar bar that now I work at except for COVID it's closed currently. Um, it's been closed. I was just going to ask like, how, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been closed and he was a regular at the bar. So when I started working there, you know, we hit it off a little bit more and then my boss took us to Vegas randomly. <laughs> And it was the first time that I had kind of like seen him outside of like just being someone I had to serve at the bar. And um, then from there, we just kind of like immediately started dating. Like there was no like weird casual period because we'd been friends for like four years before that. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. It's been a while or maybe a little bit less, but yeah, around there. <laughs> still, still like definitely like a history there for sure. Yeah. Surrounding me were like eight years eight, nine years. I always say like looking back, it's kind of strange because we were like basically going on pretty romantic dates when we were friends, which like now if you did that, I'd be like, why are you going out to like a 3 a.m. dinner with this random girl? Like it would be kind of weird, (laughs) but I didn't think it was weird. I was just like, yeah, one-on-one really romantic dinner with my platonic male straight friend but like (laughs) it didn't it like didn't hit either of us I think like I I always everyone's always like well wasn't one of you like pining because that makes more sense but like I don't I don't know it just didn't hit me until I saw him outside of like a a work situation and I love that it was Vegas too like such an extreme and you're like oh I could have sex with you I could have fun with you well that's funny in Vegas because my boss like is always saying like I know you guys like totally had sex in the hotel room that I got you and like I swear on my life like I was trying so hard to be so professional I was like nothing happened like it just everything happened like when we got back home to New York but 
yeah, he just will not let it go. He'll like tell everyone. He's like, yeah. And then, you know, Kim Clark started dating because <laughs> I took them on this work trip. It is such a like weirdly specific thing too that he took you guys to Vegas and he, this, cause your boyfriend was not working for him at that time. Right? Yeah. So he was like, basically his favorite regular, like my boss is one of my boss's favorite customers. Um, and it was a convention in Vegas that was like related to the industry. Um, so he invited me uh, to like, kind of, you know, represent the bar. And then he wanted like a friend that, you know, wasn't like a 25 year old girl. Like, <laughs> that he had nothing in common with. So um, he was kind of like the buffer for the trip. And my boyfriend actually grew up in Vegas. So that was like a weird similarity also. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It like so easily aligns. It's like, it feels, it sounds like a friend's episode. Like if that makes sense, like it's like a, a sitcom that has been written out for 25 minutes of screen time. Maybe not. Maybe you're in it. Maybe I'm overthinking it. No, but it's like, it, he's it. from Vegas <laughs> and this and that we didn't have sex. I swear it, in Vegas. I know it was like very like weirdly sweet. I always say, cause like before that I was kind of like going through my like, slutty era which I think you know everyone deserves <laughs> and um oh totally I was like really just you know leaning into going for it <laughs> and then um it was like just a really sweet thing like we just started dating in this like innocent kind of way I think we, we had like a kiss in Vegas and then from there it was like <laughs> we like cuddled on the plane and stuff which I mean it could have also been a great story if we had had wild sex in that hotel room but um, it just wasn't in the cards. <laughs> and you know, it's good too, because I don't know about you, but it was like a little, there was a hesitation to give up the slutty phase for a second, uh, before like a long-term boyfriend, like, cause it was like, this is really fun. And then like, a, you know, like a relationship's like, not that it's work, but you have to be committed if that's what you're going for in that. Yeah. And it's also like really scary. Like I never kind of understood what people were saying when they were like, oh, I'm scared like to fall in love. I was like, oh, you know, just like go for it. And then I had like this horrible relationship with this British man who shall not be named. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I talk about him all the time. <laughs> I will be asking more questions. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, this is the worst. Like I dated my high school boyfriend for like six years and he was like probably like my first love. But the British one was like the first like actual heartbreak where it like just you know Ooh. really I was such a mess for some Mary had to endure a lot of that because we were living together at the time is this the one that you referenced on one of your videos oh yeah that you would sing <laughs> wait, wait hold on I don't want to butcher it what did you what did you do yeah so I um I was so upset about this he broke up with me in a text message and it was right after I had spent like three months um, in England with his family. And so I was like, okay, this is like, you know, probably it, like, we're going to be together. And then it was just like this horrible heartbreak situation where I just like, would wake up and drink a bunch of wine. And I was so sad. <laughs> uh, I also was like, unemployed, because I just graduated from college. So I like didn't have anything really to distract me except working at oh this God. like, shitty yoga receptionist job um where I would just like vent to all the people who were trying to happily work out at 6 a.m in the morning I'd be like my boyfriend <laughs> broke up with me and they'd be like yeah okay we just need to like get in downward dog like can you just check us in please <laughs> and I kept like 
putting these sad public cover songs to YouTube. Like I would just record these sad songs. They were so embarrassing, like no makeup, like crying hysterically. Um, and then post them like to Facebook and be like, here's my song of the day. And Mary was like, okay, like you have to stop this. And she and like a couple other my friends like held like a casual intervention about like how we needed to stop posting the sad shit to social media. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I ended up writing a sad song about it a month ago and still posting it publicly. So I really haven't learned anything at all. You probably weren't like crying in it though. Like it's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. This time around I was not sobbing. It was more making fun of it, but it was was definitely (laughs) a time. I should remember thinking like, oh, he's going to see this, you know, and he's going to come back to me. Like, this is it. Like this will, the delusion of after a breakup is very strong and powerful. Yeah. Especially when it's like, you're the first person, your first like heartbreak, first love. Like it just, cause you're just like, no, this was it. I can't picture my life without you. Yeah. And of course you get on the other side and you're like, oh yeah, it's fine. But like in it, in that pain, oh my God, it's the worst. And everyone always says like, gives the same advice. I actually like really loved like listening to other people's heartbreak stories. Cause I was like, okay, everyone goes through this. And like, if they're, if they got through it or in a way worse scenario, like, you know, divorce with kids or something like it, um, it was comforting to listen to, but everyone was always like, yeah, and time passes and you know, you heal. And I just like, did not believe it. I was like, no, I'll never find love again. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> My life is over. Um, I, so yeah, it was not, it was messy. And I had also just started bartending. So I just was not fun at any front facing customer job that I had. I just had to let everyone know what was happening. They're like, damn, our waitress needs therapy. (laughs) Oh no. Do you remember what the text said? Like how he ended it? Well, so yeah, I mean, he basically was like, he had been out and we were supposed to meet up or something. He texted me at like 3am. He was like, we should talk tomorrow. So I got really scared. And because I was like very dumb at the time, also I was like young and dumb and didn't have a lot of relationship experience other than the high school boyfriend. I like woke Mary up in her room because we shared like this like fake wall. We lived in this like studio apartment that was divided into four bedrooms. You could just always hear everyone's drama. <laughs> it was so, it was a disaster. Like no one could ever have sex. No one could ever be on the phone. Like there was no privacy. You could throw things over the walls and like it was, it was a mess. <laughs> There's so many fights about it. So I woke her up and I was like, what does this mean? Like, we should talk. And she's like, what do you mean? What does it mean? Like, that's like the standard, like, breakup text. Like, that's what people say when they want to break up. And I was like, I don't know. You know, like, I was like, maybe it's like something's going on with this family or like we need to talk about like something is going on with him. And she was kind of like, uh oh, like she is going to be really doomed. So instead of just like mm-hmm. taking it and then waiting to talk to him the next day, I like made him tell me right then and there, like, what's happening? So then instead of like calling me, he just like continued to break up with me over text about, you know, how horrible our trip was or, you know, just a bunch of stuff. Also should note that I was very dumb for staying with him because (laughs) I did walk in on him with my friend who ended up introducing me to my current boyfriend. Um, But years before she did that. I walked in on this, the British act, like on a full date with another girl at like our local bar. So I was like, yeah, he like, didn't even really try to like, <laughs> Oh my God. You could have gone anywhere else, you know? 
Yeah, he went to your local fucking bar. Fuck this Brit. He was so bad. And then he like didn't introduce me to the girl like as <gasps> his girlfriend, which you think that would be like the way you'd salvage that if you were, you know. Mm-hmm. And my friend Talian was like, oh, don't say that you're his girlfriend. Like, let's just like sit down with them and crash this date and then get like intel from the girl, <laughs> which was like... You know, probably not the best move either. So when he went to the bathroom, she was like, so how do you know him? And like asking her all these questions. And it was clear that like, you know, they were on a date and it was um at this bar Videology. I don't, in, oh, yeah. I know it well. RIP, RIP. I know, RIP. It was like before they did like their big renovations and then ended up closing down. But they used to have these like trivia nights in the back. Um, it was like Arrested Development Bingo. So we had to play like three rounds of Arrested Development Bingo with my boyfriend who was on a date. <laughs> oh my god don't worry don't worry one time i had this guy who like definitely cheated on me and definitely cheated on his ex with me when we were like together there was like a couple of pictures of us online and he was like i don't want those online or he would like cut me out of like the picture or like untag himself and i was just like that's fine that's fine it's totally fine he's definitely not like cheating on me it's totally fine he's not trying to cover up his tracks of of me as the other girl it's fine um yeah no he's now married to the girl that uh he was definitely going back and forth between oh my god so i feel bad for her yeah I know. Really I always want to believe that like people who cheat like that in a way that's not just like a drunken one night stand or something like mm-hmm. if I think if you have that like capacity to just totally like compartmentalize both relationships I'm like how could you not do that again like but you know oh, yeah. you never know according <laughs> to my therapist he's not changing um so there's that <laughs> I, I would be willing to believe that yeah <laughs> oh but you when you're just like young and dumb you really really ignore or I don't know if it's ignore but you're not willing to admit when you see the red flag so I guess that is just ignoring it like I knew that was a red flag I knew that was not a good sign and I was like this is the one exception where it's okay like we lie to ourselves. Oh yeah. The lying is extreme. And then also just, yeah, not having the experience to know that like it either won't change or that like I had in my head that like relationships had to be like really difficult. Like, I think I must've had like those scenes from the notebook where they're like screaming at each other and over and over again. I'm like, this is love. This is real love. It's just yelling all the time and being angry because it was like a cursed relationship. Like we just weren't meant to be together. And, uh, we brought out like the worst parts of each other for sure. Which then after the breakup, I was like, Oh my God, it was all my fault. Like that I acted this way. But then when I was with someone else, it was like, Oh, none of those things existed. So (laughs) it's like, I just thought I was so convinced that like we had to be together and it had to be hard too. Oh yeah. No, you're totally right. And like, I've literally gone on a whole event on this show, on this podcast about the notebook because the notebook is one. I will watch it anytime it's on. I will always watch it. But it's literally, he manipulates her into a date. Yes. He he literally is like, I'm going to kill myself if you say no. (laughs) He won't leave her alone. They fight. They cannot communicate. Um, And like you said, like, had to be difficult. When I broke up with that guy that I was uh, talking about earlier, my mom was like, when it's a good relationship, it's going to be boring. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry for you, mom. That your relationship with my dad is boring and you guys have been together for 42 years. But now, like, in, like, a healthy relationship, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's just no fucking drama. Because it's like, if I'm mad at you, I will communicate in a proper and adequate way and you will listen and then communicate how you're feeling. And then that's it. And, like, the fight's done. Yeah. And it's not 
I mean, I think boring, like people have give that word like really negative connotation because when something is boring, you think, you know, it must be bad, but just like mm-hmm. the calm of it, I think is really mm-hmm. what I didn't know. Like you can just have a calm relationship and it doesn't always have to be this like intense screaming match at 3am in London, which is what our go-to was. <laughs> I was always running away. I think I must have gotten that from other movies. Like, oh, when, you know, the girl's mad, she runs. And the guy chases after her. And that's how the rom-com ends. So I was always just, like, fleeing the scene. And then I have a horrible sense of direction. So I had no idea where I was. And then I have to call him. And then you have to, like, come find me somewhere. And, like, I didn't have my phone hooked up because it was American phone. So, like, I never knew where I was going. (laughs) So, yeah, looking back, I'm like, hey, he was probably right to end that one. But also, he was an ass. So probably still is. Probably. As my therapist says, uh, they don't usually change unless they really, really want to. Yeah, you have to want to yourself. You have to really want to. God, no, humans are so dramatic. My ex used to, when when we like weren't dating, but like fighting, he would come to my apartment. Like it was a huge building. Someone would like let him in and he would like sleep outside my door. Oh God. Yeah. And I wouldn't know normally because I've been like drinking a lot. I'd be like passed out, not getting any of his voicemails, not getting any of his text messages because I was asleep because I was drunk. And then I'd wake up and he'd be like, okay, I stayed the whole night. You're not going to answer. I'm going to go now. And it was like the most dramatic little bullshit ever. And then I also was like, what do you mean you're like waiting outside my fucking apartment? Like that's actually legit kind of scary. Yeah. That's some like stalker shit. Like what? Yeah. (laughs) But he was just a dramatic little bitch. Like, that's how he, like, would profess how much he was, like, not in love with you. Because we never, we actually never said, uh, well, I did once to save the relationship. But then I was like, oh, I don't mean this. I legitimately, like, took it back and was like, in the moment. No. (laughs) Yeah, I was, like, trying to save the relationship. But I'm not there yet. Um, We would officially be over, over, like, in a month later. Um, But... No, that's how he like, that was his love language was just like desperate acts of please don't hate me. Oh my <laughs> and I was God. Just, like, yeah. And it's just like, that's the bullshit though, that you see like in fucking rom-coms that you're like, oh, right. This is how, this is how it goes. Okay. He must really, really, they must really love me. Yeah. I, I definitely thought that like the random, like occasional dramatic act like the british one was so bad at processing his emotions so he would just get like blackout drunk and Mm. then be like finally the person i wanted him to be like be really emotional and like tell me all these things that i thought were truths but really he was just a drunk person and then you'd wake up and i'd be like oh this is so great our relationship has moved to your next level and he like wouldn't remember it or like so there's definitely a lot of like things that he was probably working on individually about like processing his feelings and like dealing with things that he hadn't dealt with and I like must have brought something in that out because then we both would just be like so bad <laughs> together. Do you ever like Facebook sock him or Instagram sock him? Or is he like blocked? Um, I mean, he's definitely, you like I would never see him again. Whereas like some of my other exes, like for sure. Yeah. I would like still talk to um, or be willing to like meet up. But him is like definitely never want to see you again. I've looked at his Twitter a couple of times. Um, and it is, it was pretty validating because he's like, just moves on like six month relationship, six month relationship. Like he always has a new girlfriend and there's always like some dramatic situation. Like I saw recently, he was talking about some breakup and just like tweeting it over and over, like every detail. And I'm like, Oh my God, we're like in our thirties now, you know, like we don't need to have this like 
big dramatic public breakup. And then someone commented like, wow, you really have a bad time with breakups. I remember that one in New York that didn't go well, obviously talking about me because I'm the only one he dated here, except for the ones he cheated on me with. But I don't think those really last very long. (laughs) (laughs) Or there isn't as much evidence of them, at least publicly. So, and then he commented like, oh yeah, she's a comedian right now. And like made a whole bit about it actually pretty funny. So now I'm like, wow, I just stalked you and then got validation. You still have all the same patterns and then got more validation that you think what I'm doing now is funny, which he definitely didn't at the time, I don't think, but yeah, it was a journey. So now I'm like, okay, I got what I wanted. I can't stalk anymore. I have to close that chapter forever. No, but to get that validation, like, oh my God, chef's kiss. Yeah. He definitely still stalks you. Like amazing. It was nice. I have to say. What is your sign? Are you a Leo too? I'm an Aquarius. Aquarius. Okay. Cause Leo loves the, oh, I won. You're still I'm the one that got away by. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I have that a little bit, I think. Cause I remember like wanting to break up with him and then he broke up with me and I was like shocked and so angry. Cause it's like when you want to end it, it's like, oh my God, you took away that power for me also. So mm-hmm. then it just made it like 10 times worse. Um, so there is that like, oh, I, w- I always want to be right. I think in me, but I'm working on it. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I believe in you, especially now if you're in a five-year relationship and he's still going six months, new person. Like, I think you're, I think you've grown. I think he's in the same exact fucking spot. Let's hope. Let's hope. (laughs) With, with, you know, the guy that you're with now, how did you know, or when did you know that like this was different, that this was like something that was stable and could build off of? Well, I remember like the moment that my feelings kind of switched from like, oh, he's not just like this random like platonic guy friend that hangs out at the bar that I work at because he was talk like we never really talked about relationships and uh, or at least we both didn't I would tell him everything about all of my breakups <laughs> and <all of> my, <laughs> my heartbreak with a British man so he knew everything about me but also the entire bar knew everything about that so it wasn't like an exclusive situation <laughs> um but I didn't really know anything about his dating life and then he like was telling me a lot about it one night and um was also like telling about this like woman that he had been seeing over the weekend. And I wasn't like jealous, but I remember feeling very weird, like listening to it. And I was like, Oh, this is like a strange feeling. And I remember like making a note of it and being like, I should like think about that. <laughs> like what it means. Like, why did I have such a weird reaction to just like hearing about my friend's dating life? Like that should be a normal thing to hear about. Um, and then I told my friend Sally Ann and then before we went to Vegas, she like whispered in his ear, like, fuck my friend, which I didn't know about until later. I was like, why do you have to make it that graphic? Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> Friends are so embarrassing. Sally Ann. It, it truly was. I know she went for it. Um, and now she's like, if you guys get married, I have to officiate the wedding. because This is all my responsibility. <laughs> wow. Would you yeah. let her? Would you- yeah, probably. But don't tell her that. Okay, I won't. (laughs) Sally, you're not officiating. Just FYI. Wink, wink. Yeah. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> how has COVID treated you guys, like, as a couple? Um, I think surprisingly, I was, like, really impressed that we were already lived together, but... Um, like we spend like every hour together and we haven't killed each other. <laughs> I mean, there was a while where it was like, I don't even know if I went outside for like a full week straight. Like, um, oh yeah. And we were just like, you know, working on our laptops, like in the same room, but separately. And I mean, yeah, I think we've thought about the dishes a few times and that's really the peak of the tension. <laughs> oh my God, same. I swear to God, if I we had, a, dishes, we had a dishes fight. I yeah. can't do it anymore. They never ended. They, they never, never fucking ended. And it's the worst. And our upstairs neighbors have a dishwasher and I can like hear <gasps> it. I can hear it running sometimes. And it just like fuels me like into this like spinning rage that I cannot control. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, they have a dishwasher and we don't. But then, and then I think about that and I'm like, but it's also annoying to have to load it, like rinse everything off and then load it and then unload it. Like it's still just a horrible process. Should we start a company where we just wash people's dishes for them? <laughs> Is that- I mean, I will pay for that company. I will pay for people to come in, just wash dishes. Right? I mean, I don't want to wash their dishes. I was a nanny for so, so long. So it'd be like, I'd have to come home. I'd wash dishes all day for these fucking families and then have to like do my own dishes like 24 seven. Then I was like, I can't fucking do fucking dishes anymore. That's not what was happening last year with COVID. But like, <laughs> there was a moment where I was just like, okay, I can't do any fucking more. I know you've done them, but like, I'm done. And then he was like, but like, I just, he made this like elaborate meal and it was great, of course, (laughs) but it took every fucking like piece of like, uh, utensils that we had. It was like the Dutch oven and this and that. I was like, I can't fucking, you use every measuring cup. I do not want to do this. I I know that's the same argument that we have. Cause like if he does, you know, he cooks more than I do and, um, it'll be like, okay, so you could have rinsed this measuring cup off and then use it again. But instead you had to take out every measuring cup and then the lemon squeezer, and then another lemon squeezer, and then the, the, the thing that shreds the cheese or the whatever, and then the, you know, it was it was a lot. I was like, I can't take this. And we also have like a really tiny kitchen that like wasn't meant for anyone to cook in ever or live in at all. So it's not it's not a livable place. Oh, do you think you guys might move now that like rent's really low right now to like a place that might have a dishwasher? Yeah, I mean, I would love to, but. I feel like, I mean, I've been in this place for six years and I feel like every New York apartment has some issue and I've, I've figured out the issues in this one. So I don't want to have mm-hmm. to figure out more. I'm like, I already know all these problems and how to solve them. Nothing can surprise me anymore. There's a bat in our building. You know, we've had everything, like everything has happened. There's oh my a God, rat. A bat? You know, there's a rat, like not a mouse. Oh, like a yeah. Rat? Just a full one. I have a song about that too. If you want to check it out. Yes, I will. We haven't knock on wood, haven't had a rat in the apartment, but outside on our street, 
are like a shit ton of rats. And there was like all these holes. <laughs> and then like one day the landlord like filled the hole and then put duct tape over it. And I was just like, that's mm. not gonna do anything. Nope. Their teeth are so so sharp that they can like almost bite through steel wool. So I really don't think the duct tape is gonna cut it. Oh my God. I would be we just had like I don't know if it's over yet, but we just had a couple of mice and I'm now of the age where I can't kill mice anymore. So we got like the humane, the humane ones where they, it's like a trap and they get stuck and then you can release them. Uh Oh, those, those can get (laughs) dangerous. (laughs) So we've had, I thought we had one mouse. We've already caught two Uh and we live near prospect park. So I've just been like walking to prospect park and like releasing it just waiting for like some New Yorker to be furious at what I'm doing. Oh yeah. I would go over there. I have no shame anymore (laughs) about rodents or like I get so mad about it. Like one time Mary saw a a mouse in our apartment we were sharing and I saw it again and she called her. I was like, Hey, I saw a mouse in this apartment. And she was like, Oh yeah, I did see that. I I want, I was going to tell you, but she's like, I didn't want to freak you out. And then she was like, because, I thought that it would go home. <laughs> I was like, hey, hey, it is home. This is its home now. So we need to kill it in the fastest way possible <laughs> because they'll breed in like two weeks and then we'll have an entire family. Um, also, just working at a bar, like, I mean, I've been vegetarian since I was five. So, like, I do care about animals. <laughs> I love dogs and everything, but a rodent, yeah, I don't you know, any way that they have to die is the way that they ha- it has to be done. And if I have to do it with my bare hands, it's fine. I'll do it. <laughs> that is a sign of a true New Yorker though. Like you've lived there long enough. It's my first year, me and my, um, one of my good friends, we lived in a apartment that the building was made in 1858. Oh my God. So, That's even older than mine. Mine's 1910, which I thought was bad. Which, well, 1910, 1858 means there's nothing but massive holes yep. in your apartment from the, like, literally shifting. Mm-hmm. And we had friends over for New Year's, and we had never had a sign of a mouse before until a week up. So we tell our landlord, he puts out sticky traps. I am not aware that it's just going to get them stuck there and yep. they're going to be alive because I've never dealt with this before. And so we, like, had gone out with our friends, like, a couple days before New Year's. And we come back and we hear like this whimpering. Oh God, no. It's a, yeah, it's the fucking mouse. And my, my friend Coley, who actually was Matt's friend first, but like, doesn't matter. She sees it. She picks up the full like mouse sticky thing and gets like really close to its face. So like the mouse like calms down and like starts breathing like nicer and she hurls it into the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And it just hits and you see blood splatter everywhere blunt force and and then i shit you not in like 72 hours we killed 15 mice (gasps) whoa okay that yeah that would send me over the edge like i sent my landlord about 17 emails when we saw the rat and it was to the point where he was like you have to come up with a better way to communicate with me because this is not appropriate um there's a fucking rat like rats (laughs) so different than a mouse like that's so fucking different yeah that was my direct quote i sent like a 3 a.m email i was like there's a fucking rat i swear to god if you don't fix it like i'm not paying you rent and he was like that's illegal you can't threaten to withhold but 15 and that was in like your lobby area or oh my god yeah they breed so quickly they'll chew through everything they shit all over everything you own 
and people mm-hmm. see, see one and they're like well it's a mouse and it's kind of cute and what's the worst that can happen and it's like no they're like roaches they'll take over everything you own and love they're sharers <laughs> that <laughs> this is like so that's not embarrassing like I didn't do it to myself but in that weekend we had like it was our fault we left food out but I had to go like work at my day job at Urban Outfitters and I was running late so I hadn't like eaten food and there is a um, bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh out. my god! No. And so I like shoved a few in. Yep, I shoved a few in my mouth and I ran out. And then my friend told me later that like the moment I left, the like the bag started like moving, <gasps> and Coley clutch yet again just grabs the bag and starts like whacking it against the table. Oh my god! But it does mean that, like, I ate, like, Doritos, like, Cool Ranch Doritos with a mouse inside the bag. You shared that snack with them. (laughs) Yeah. You had a meal with the mice. Yeah. So if you ever want to move to New York City, anyone listening, you will deal with mice. Like, I have not had an apartment where I have not dealt with mice before. There's always, like, one. I mean, that's, like, what my boyfriend says when I'm, like, we have to leave. Because pretty much every couple months, I'll have, like, a full meltdown about this place. (laughs) And it's, like, yeah, it's, like, pretty, you know, it's scheduled. It's, like, okay, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I'll freak out and be, like, I hate the city. I hate this apartment. I hate my life. We have to leave. Like, everything is done. And he'll be, like, "Mm, okay, um, let's rethink this situation <laughs> in, in multi parts. Um, but when I do talk to people that, who like live in places that, you know, I think are so much nicer, better, they're like, yeah, well, you know, we've seen millipedes and massive cockroaches and spiders. And it's like, everything has something. So, you know, even like those luxury, my friend lived in this like brand new luxury building in Harlem. And because there was so much construction going around, the mice were literally just walking under her door into her apartment like she didn't she couldn't figure out how they were getting in she had everything sealed and then they were like on her stove like it was that bad where she would like wake up in the middle of the night and they would just be like on all of her appliances so then she ended up like you know putting traps out and they were just walking through the door they were just making themselves at home just coming into the main entrance wow stove's a big one too because a lot of times there's holes back there yep. and you can't really move your stove yeah i know i'm an expert now on, on like extermination. <laughs> I, I go into like hotel rooms and I'll be like, yeah, so this could use this, this, that, 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 like I'm insane. It's not good. <laughs> Anytime I see like a street e- easy listing, I'm like, okay, so this apartment's probably full of pests because it's by a restaurant or it's on the first floor or something. There's always something wrong. It's one of the reasons why I don't want, like, I love the idea of like a private outdoor space, but then that means like you're the first floor or you're the garden entrance yeah and it's like hanging out with my baby hanging yep. out with them and they love it they love those backyard spaces and they come out right when it gets dark you'll just be having a nice drink with your friends and you're like oh is that a squirrel no it's a giant giant rat the size of a cat <laughs> <laughs> i mean they just my like friend- run over my feet now like outside of my apartment. oh yeah, yeah they don't give a shit they don't care at all um and that's what i love about them it's like they truly don't give a shit my friend has an outdoor space and it's kind of moist for some reason. I don't know why. And so there's these like slugs everywhere and you will see them on the ground and you won't be paying attention. And the next thing you know, they're like on your arm Ooh. and like on your legs. And you're like, how the fuck did you get here? No, Because you think slugs are slow and they're not, they're not like snails. Like they're like way faster. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Also, this yeah. Is too much nature. I think because I grew up in like the woods in Massachusetts. So there was just like always bugs around and like, 
I I just assumed like in the city that there wouldn't be as many <laughs> creatures from the wild. And they're just so, I really think that we've had like a full habitat uh, that I've seen in my time in the city, <laughs> just New York wildlife, just everything, including the bats. Oh yeah, they really. I can't believe you had a fucking. <laughs> yeah, and my, I've never my, heard that. My super was so casual about it. He was like, "Oh yeah, like this is you know, you don't need to worry about the bugs because I caught a bat upstairs." And he was like, "We're all proud of himself about the bat." I was like, "I mean, I'm glad that you caught it, but like, can you give me some more insight into why there was a bat like in the building? Yeah. How did it get in? And if you look outside, like in our backyard, there's just bats all the time. I thought they were birds, but no, they're just you know." vampires of the night <laughs> yeah in the summer you can see them a lot like they like to they're a little like like swoop down yeah. swoop down like really quickly tons of them oh my god just rodents of the sky they're the worst i do love how casual landlords are about the animals that could like legit have rabies and they're just like no it's fine and it's like this like a bat could this bat could have rabies this my this mouse this rat could fucking have rabies yeah yep I was like talking about it when I was bartending, which I shouldn't have because, you know, it's not super classy to be talking about the vermin in your home while you're serving people drinks. <laughs> but I was like, oh yeah, there's a bat in my apartment, whatever. And this guy at the end of the bar was like, um, you need to go get a rabies shot and it's probably going to be 10 grand. And I was like, no, I don't because it wasn't in my unit. And he was like, you really, really should. And apparently there was some bat in his house and it potentially could have touched all of his family. And something was weird with the insurance because I guess when you get a rabies shot, like you, they have to, they can't just give you a standard shot. They have to find the specific strain from your like neighborhood oh. where the bat roost or whatever it is. Like, so it's a really extensive process and it's really expensive. And it's like a one in something crazy chance that you will get rabies. But if you don't want to take it, then you have to pay a, a crazy amount. I mean, but if you get it, you also die. So it's like kind of hard to <laughs> figure out whether or not it's worth it. Wow. Yeah. Oh. I mean, at least that's Did what you this get? guy said. I, no, of course I didn't get it because okay. I was like, I didn't make contact with the rat. You know, I just overheard my landlord talking about it. And then the landlord had to like take the bat to the city and be like, this was in the building. And then still no one told us about it. Like, you think there would have been a letter, right? Like, hey, there was this rabid creature in your home. Yeah. If you have to take it to a city department, like we get to know if it's something that like you would have called 3114, they like have to be like legally, I think they should legally have to tell us because that's like fucking, that's fucked up. Yeah. And that's lot, crazy. A lot of people like don't know their rights when it comes to this stuff too. And like, I, I think I'm probably really annoying. Like my landlord definitely hates me by how often I complain to him, but it's not like I reported to 311, which would be way worse. I always go through him first and then, you know, I, if he doesn't respond, then I would go to 311. But it's like, you actually can report a lot of stuff, even just like one cockroach, you can report to 311. And then that's a violation against your landlord if they don't, if they don't fix it. But a lot of people are just like, oh, vermin, you know, you just have to deal with it in the city. Like, no, you don't. It's your right as a tenant that you have a vermin free home always. You never should have to deal with it. Wow. I think I knew that, but now I'm not sure because like, yeah, mice have so much so many germs they poop all the fucking time so and you can get really really sick from mouse poop if it's and their pee too, which is so gross Ugh. like if you enjoy i think it's called like listeria or something it's spelled like ly something yeah from like rats and and mice and they're just like eh, whatever it's just the city you just have to deal with it it's like no you don't i'm paying you sir i'm paying you yeah. to live in your shithole <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm going to say, uh, keep looking at Street Easy because honestly, <laughs> shit is just so cheap right now. No, I mean, your apartment's cute. I can tell it's cute, but everything's so cheap right now. I think I'm telling everyone to bank on it because I don't know about your landlord, but my landlord raised the rent on us in COVID. Whoa. Yeah, so I can't so wait till he gives us because he's like losing tenants because everyone's just moving. So I cannot wait to be like, no, I'm not signing your lease again, you piece of shit. Oh, I mean, Goodbye. also like. There is a certain level of negotiation you can do depending on like the building and how many buildings the landlord owns. But I think a lot of people don't know that that either, that it's like so much more work for them to find more tenants, especially if you're always paying rent. So if you're just like, hey, I want like $200 knocked off, sometimes they'll just give it to you because they don't feel like dealing with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would, my fear about finding a new place right now with the low prices is that they'll just bump it like a crazy amount when things go back to normal officially. Cause that's mm-hmm. like in their rights. If it's not a rent stabilized neighborhood or something, they can like inflate it like a thousand dollars if they want. Interesting. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Cause now they've like brought back broker fees too. Like they, they helped tenants for a second and people looking for a second by getting rid of brokers fees. And then the judge was like, no, you understand what we meant. We meant like get rid of like application fees. And it's like, uh... no, I'm not paying. 20, like a $2,500 broker fee either. Like fuck off. So, oh, so interesting. Annoying. The broker fee is the worst. Yeah. That's just like how it is. You have to pay this like random guy to show you the place and do nothing. They're always I'm just like, here it is. They know nothing about it. Like you ask questions and they're just like, I don't know, maybe I should ask the previous tenants. Like, okay, thanks. Well, can you? One time we went to a place, this was years ago. We're like waiting for the guy, the broker. And I was like, Hey, like, are you coming? You know, we have like other appointments and he's like, Oh, I'm not coming. But if you like walk in, the door should be unlocked. And so we go in, he's not even there. We look at the apartment and I was like, okay, cool. So I'm paying you a broker's fee. And he was like, well, yeah, cause I'm the broker for this listing. And I was like, but you're not here. Oh like, my you God. literally did nothing. We ultimately like did not take the place, but I was just like, I'm not paying you. You, what the fuck are you doing? Like, um, I also just love that this was like sex breakups, realty, because that is what everyone wants to talk about. New York city is let's talk about the apartments we found on street easy and Zillow. It's true. I, I love looking at people's apartments when anyone says that they're moving. I'm like, send me the link. Like I love, (laughs) I love love it. And I didn't really like know anything about like interior design. Like it took me years to like buy furniture that I liked, but I definitely love like looking at good New York space because it's just so rare. It's so hard to live here. There is always something wrong. There's always something wrong. You're right. My old apartment had a, um, it did have dishwasher, but you like couldn't open the dishwasher and open like you had to like move the dishwasher sort of to, out of the way to open the stove completely. I've seen those. I've seen those on mm-hmm. TikTok. Like there's all these like um like real estate people who will like go into crazy New York apartments. There's one where yeah, he like fully had to shove over the appliances to open the oven. It's like, you're what? like why? Yeah, there really is always something wrong, <laughs> but we just tolerate it because we're like the magic of the city. And then the pandemic traps us in our homes for a year. And we're like, the magic of the city is not a thing. <laughs> it was never real. <laughs> it was never real. <laughs> we were the magic the whole time. Yeah. It was inside us. It was about the friends that we met along the way. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you. And I talked about this with like everyone on the podcast recently. It's just like this summer though, like you can feel it building up. Like everyone's going to lose their fucking mind. Actually, I can say with, uh, as a personal um, account, 
anytime I go out now, I get like shit face, almost blackout drunk because I have not been out in so long with friends that it's just like, oh my God, like more, 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 more. And it's like, I've never, I have not been this sloppy since like college. Like so sloppy, like ordered a pizza, had to wait for it to like fell asleep waiting for it at 4 a.m. Oh, was my like, oh God. no, like just so sloppy, like fighting with my boyfriend in front of friends, sloppy. But then, but then we still had like the drunk, like communicating argument of like, I understand what you're saying and I hear you and I'm going to work <laughs> on what I just did while still being like super drunk. And it's like, what the fuck is this summer going to be like then when like the, the cases are even lower and everyone's like more vaccinated? Like, oh my God. I know. I know. I'm excited for it. But yeah, I am also a little bit scared about the sloppiness because I think the older I get, the more I get like, um, like anxiety, like I get hungover (laughs) and I'm like, Oh my God, what happened? So like, I've been trying to avoid the hangovers, but I do think that like when everyone gets together, it's like, it's impossible to stop it because everyone just wants to hang out. And then someone always orders shots and it's just always a nightmare the next day I'm like do I I still have any friends like what happened the last night I got really drunk last I think it was last Friday yeah it was last Friday I started the day or the night at 5 30 and like with my friends I was like we should do picklebacks right like we should do picklebacks (laughs) and that's how it started yeah that's where it goes south when someone mentions pickleback (laughs) oh man um, so this is, we've talked for about an hour and this is normally where I usually end it, but I do like to ask, like, is there something that you wanted to talk about that we did not talk about? Oh, um, I mean, I, I don't think so. I'm sorry. I talked about like vermin the whole time. <laughs> no, I fucking loved it. I was eating it up. I could talk about this for days. I was so excited to start telling people that I've been putting mice in the park. Uh, not like from PetSmart, like they, they're, this is, this is their world. This is their home. I mean, yeah. If I catch you in that park, there's going to be, <laughs> there's going to be a fight. So get ready. Those mice are going to die. <laughs> you know what? It's fair. We were trying to give them a chance anyways. So they're going to die somehow. That's true. Yeah. Probably by the raccoons, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> those are the hawks. Yeah. They are. They scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, always love to have you back. Uh, it was super fun. We can always talk more stuff, more vermin. <laughs> more vermin, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye. come back that's really really cool i appreciate that <laughs> go check out kim's show left breast comedy at the knitting factory which is in um, williamsburg on may 14th and just go enjoy the warm weather if you're having warm weather i know there's still like snow up north i apologize for that um but each week we're getting closer to summer and it's gonna be a shit show and i'm very excited i hope you are too and your mask um wash your hands get vaccinated if you can and want to and we'll talk next week bye guys